one thing that I've learned is that I'm a person who really likes to appear like I have it all together. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, yeah, I, think, I, thrive, I think we all do. Yeah. Well, I, th- I, you know, I thrive on, on, you know, okay, well, Natalie, man, she just looks like she has it all together. <laughs> but really what I've learned is that a, I definitely don't, <laughs> but B I've had to say sorry quite a bit in, yeah. in so many words. You have to confront some of your missteps with your team head on to preserve the trust and the mm-hmm. respect that you that you want to have between yourself and the team. And so that way, I mean, you're celebrating the highs together, you're in it in the lows together. But one thing that you have to be transparent in with your team is that you too are on a journey. everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm Cal Walters and I have a treat for you today. My wife, Natalie, is joining me on the podcast. We're going to talk about life and leadership and not only does she lead as a mom, but she's also a business development manager in a rapidly growing software company. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, welcome and thank you. I really hope that you get something out of this podcast. My passion is to help people see their potential, meet their potential, and then make their unique contribution to the world. I think we all have unique gifts, talents, experiences, and life positions that allow us to go and make a unique contribution. And I hope that I can help you through this community to do that. I think we as people discover our potential and then meet our potential by living an intentional life. So I talk about that a lot on this podcast, and that's principled living. That's prioritizing the things that are most important to you over the urgent things. I think living a purposeful and deliberate life leads to a life with fewer regrets. And I think that's what we all want. We, I think, respect people the most that are living an intentional life, people who have clarity about who they are, about what they value, and then they go out and live that. I think a lot of the frustration in life that we experience is when there's conflict between our actions and our values. For example, we can say all day that we value our family, but if we're spending all of our time at work, then there's this frustration in us because there's this conflict between our values and our actions. So I talk a lot about intentional living. I also talk on this podcast about leading others, leading your family, leading your team, leading your organization. I think these two topics are related because we lead out of who we are. We can't give something that we don't have. So as we get better, our leadership gets better. And I remember all the way back from when I was in Iraq as a platoon leader, knowing and acknowledging and seeing the value of leadership. Because as the leader gets better, the team gets better and everyone benefits. So welcome if this is your first time. If you're coming back and if you're a loyal listener, thank you so much for tuning in again. So now I want to welcome my wonderful wife, Natalie, to the podcast. Welcome, babe. Hey, how are you? So Natalie manages a business development team in the software space. She's an incredible leader, but she's also humble and she's also modest. So I had to be persistent about getting her to come on the podcast. In fact, she's so humble, she doesn't think that she has anything to offer, but I know that's not true. And I know that you will benefit from our time together today. I get to benefit from her every day. How you feeling, babe? I'm ready. You ready to do this? All right, cool. So I'm going to quickly just share some of our story. I'm going to embarrass Natalie a little bit today. I first saw Natalie when I was a senior at West Point and she was an incoming freshman. She was going through West Point basic training, which is a military academy. And this was the summer before her freshman year. So at West Point, kind of in military speak, I was a senior, so I was a firstie. 
and they called me Cadet Captain Walters. And she was a new cadet. And so her name at the time was New Cadet Weaver. So I was in charge of a company of about 150 new cadets. And Natalie was in my company. I always like to say that that was the last time that I was ever in charge of her. Um, so at West Point, there were strict rules about any type of romantic relationship between freshmen and upperclassmen. So this was not your kind of typical college experience. So I didn't have a ton of interactions with the new cadets directly. Um, so I was in charge of the whole company. I had probably 20 subordinate level leaders, platoon leaders, squad leaders between me and the new cadets. But I do vividly remember one interaction with Natalie, so new cadet Weaver at the time during that kind of basic training period. So I was going around to all the rooms to check kind of on the morale and give people a chance to communicate any concerns that they were having. And pretty much every room that I went to, I got the standard, you know, new cadet response of, no, sir, everything's great. You know, no, no problems here. And I remember, so I knocked on Natalie's room and I asked the question to her and her two roommates. And both of her roommates responded like, oh, no, sir, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. But I remember Natalie speaking up and she said, yes, sir, there actually there is something that I observed and I want to tell you about it. She, she had observed a, another new cadet who was being treated unfairly. And she felt like there was something that the leadership needed to do about it. And I was kind of taken aback because that was the first time, obviously, that any new cadet had said that. But that also took a lot of courage for her to speak up. And so Natalie ended up finishing cadet basic training, which is probably kind of the hardest part of West Point. And then a few months after finishing basic training and she was in school as a freshman, she decided to leave West Point. She decided it wasn't for her. What, what was your mentality of leaving West Point? Well, I knew pretty quickly when when I was there that I was just way over my head and out of my element. And it, it was probably one of the most influential mo- few months of my life because it taught me so much about just life, leadership, and a totally different perspective than what I had just come from in high school. But, you know, I knew it wasn't fair for me to continue on knowing so firmly in my heart that that just wasn't what I wanted to do. I did not want to lead soldiers. And so I just thought that was my time to transition out and to continue a different path. For our podcast listeners that aren't familiar with West Point, I mean, that's a hard decision to make. A lot of people, I think, want to leave, but don't have that courage to to leave. So I think that was just an example of you being willing to, hey, this is my conviction and I'm going to I'm going to go through this. I'm going to leave, even though it wasn't an easy process to leave. But Natalie was, I remember there was like a nail spa at the front of the West Point. Um, There's like a hotel that's right at the front of West Point. And she would literally walk in her army fatigues down to the hotel, get a pedicure. And then she would walk back about a mile with flip-flops on. Is that what they, flip-flops? Is that one? With flip-flops on, carrying her boots so that her nails wouldn't get messed up. And guys, if you're not familiar with West Point, that is just such an insane thing to see is like a, a brand new freshman, they call them plebes, walking down, carrying their boots so they don't mess up their nails. But anyway, so she finished up West Point, And once I found out she was leaving, you know, the rules kind of changed. So I reached out, you know, and I was like, hey, can I help you? Anyway, we started to started to date shortly thereafter. I was going to be moving to Georgia to go through Ranger School and Airborne School and all that, and she was moving back to the Atlanta area. So we dated for a while, and then, long story short, we got engaged. And then I convinced her to marry because I told her I was like, "Hey, we're he- I'm heading to Hawaii. I would love for you to marry me." And that was pretty much all I had to offer her. But she was like, "Okay, cool. We'll get married." 
So then we went to Hawaii. She finished up her college at the University of Hawaii where she got a degree in social work. She worked with the homeless community out there. She also worked with the American Red Cross. She also led, what was it, the social work program for University of Hawaii. And then we moved to Raleigh. I'm in the military, active duty military. So we moved back to Raleigh, North Carolina. And that's when she first transitioned from the social work field to the software industry. She started out in business development and then she became a leader of a business development team. She's led in that software industry, both kind of in like the steady business state, but also during periods of pretty rapid growth. So that kind of gives you a little bit of background of our story, how we got to know each other, and just kind of give you a general sense of what Natalie does. So I'm gonna brag on her just a little bit more. I know she's getting a little uncomfortable because I'm talking about her a lot, but leadership is something that I'm passionate about. You guys know that. And so I'm kind of in the habit of watching leaders and, tr and trying to pull out what I see them do well and what I see them do poorly. I think we can learn from both good leaders and bad leaders. I think we can obviously learn from our successes and our mistakes. Natalie is a great leader in a lot of ways. And I, I get one of the cool things. So she works from home a lot. She works remotely. I get to see the way she interacts with her team. I get to see the way when I've, when I've been around her team, I get to see the way they talk about her, the way they treat her. And I can just tell she garners a lot of respect from her team. And some of the things, I'm just going to mention a couple qualities that we can talk about that really stand out to me about her leadership. And I think these are things that we can all pull from is that number one, Natalie's someone who has clear convictions. She knows her values. Integrity is very important to her. And I think because of that, she's very confident. And I think people are drawn to her because she has clarity. Also, number two, Natalie does a good job of leading herself. She's really good at self-leadership. In fact, I've learned a lot about self-leadership just from living with Natalie and watching the way she leads herself. Number three, Natalie's someone who is really enthusiastic and high energy, when she, especially when she's around her team. And then also, and I think this is probably the most important, she is people-centric. She is relationship-centric. And she works in an industry where numbers are big. Each quarter, she's got to meet certain numbers. They're really big on systems. But I can just tell that she never loses sight of the fact that the people that work with her are the most important. So I'm going to get her to talk a little bit about that. So Dave, one of the first things I want to ask you is about kind of those clear convictions that you have, and I think that impacts your leadership. Can you just talk a little bit about how that is, how you develop that? Yeah, so I think that whenever you walk into any situation, and I believe that everybody is a leader, whether you're leading yourself or whether you're leading a team or an organization, or there's plenty of opportunities in day-to-day -day life to be a leader. I don't ascribe to the fact that you know, there's leaders and there's non-leaders, leaders and followers. I think we're all both. And so when you you start from a foundation of what your principles are, and from that, you're able to live those out in your daily life through your self-leadership practices. And then when you get in front of a group of people and when you're, I'm always humbled that the fact that I have the opportunity to, to lead people, but when you're, when you're presented with this gift of leadership, um, you already have the foundations from which you're operating on. And so it it should translate directly into your leadership style. So for me, integrity is, is first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I think that if you start from a basis of doing the right thing when nobody's looking and doing the, right, doing the harder right over the easier wrong. For me, when you do the harder right over the easier wrong, you really just set the tone for your interactions with people and others. And it also teaches the people around you 
the level with which you expect from them and the level with which is unacceptable. You draw a clear line in the sand. Another thing is that people are first. I think that it's really important that you look at the people who are standing beside you, in front of you, behind you, and understand that you're all going in a direction. And it all may be different directions, but you, you as a leader have to find the unifying course in that and draw and bring people together. And it's really important to not lose sight of the people when you get in the fast lane of your job. I think it's really important to not lose sight of the people in front of you, behind you, and beside you as you charge towards your own goals. Because as a leader, it's your job to to guide them through your example. And so if you don't have a strong foundation for which you govern your your life by and, and the principles for which you uh, your leadership comes from or stems from, then you're kind of wandering and you're easily yeah. swayed. And nobody wants a leader who's fickle and able to, to be easily persuaded because that's a, that's a recipe for disaster. So I think that integrity is, is first. People are, are important. And the importance of the relationships around you, as well as the respect and humility that comes with leadership you have to respect the positions that you're in, but also remain extremely aware that there are people who can do your job much better than you. Mm. And yeah. I think that for me, I've been fortunate enough to be placed in the purview and be able to see some great leaders. And with that, I've been able to shape and look at areas of their lives and the way that they lead mm. their teams and the way that they've led their organizations and say, yeah, I like that. I can get on board with that. And so if your eyes are wide open, knowing that you have a lot to learn, you'll see all the leaders out in front of you and, and you'll be able to, to pick nuggets of gold out from each of their styles and apply it to your own life. And I think that that sets you up for a pretty good foundation to start with. Yeah. And I think I see you live all of those out in your life and in your leadership. Um, I, one of the things I'm really impressed with with you is I think not only do you lead people well and you lead out of those principles, but I also see you lead yourself really well. Can you kind of talk a little bit about how you, some of the things you do, especially when I think about self-leadership for you, one of the big things I think about is the way you are good about recharging. So can you kind of share a little bit about how you do that with, with our podcast listeners? Sure. Well, and I think that it's important to, to take stock of the importance of self-leadership and being able to set clear boundaries for the way that you live your life out professionally as well as personally. And for me, I find that leadership is a heavy role. I find that yeah. I take the, the responsibility of working alongside these wonderful people that I've been blessed <laughs> to work with. You know, I take their career journeys and the growth very seriously. Working with them is a lot of fun, but it also requires a lot of me yeah, and, really. and being intentional about the time with them and away from them. So you'll oftentimes find me, and this is like in our marriage, it's been funny because you are a, a yes man and you like to go, you could go seven nights a week. You could say yes to every single invitation. And for me, I oftentimes need to go away and recharge yeah. by myself and yeah. I am the no person and so it's been good though I've, <laughs> I've learned a lot from that well you know for me I find that I have to say no and that's been carving out very deliberate times on the weekends to have family time family is first and foremost the most important thing 
and I want to make sure that that is preserved and that I have the energy to devote to to you and our sweet little one Georgia and so it does take a level of discipline to say no because I want to say yes a lot more than I do and with that you have to I have to exercise I have to eat healthy I have to do the things that recharge me so that when I hit the ground running on Monday morning I'm ready to go and I'm energized there's a natural level of energy that my role brings like I love what I do and I think that energy is extremely important yeah if you don't walk into your role and feel energized, I would challenge you that maybe that's not the right role for you. Mm-hmm. So coming on board and uh, speaking with the, the team that I work with, it, it's really probably the most exciting part of my day is just interacting with them and I get recharged by them. But then I do find at the end of the week that I am tired. <laughs> so yeah. it's been interesting and it's, and it's a very, doing some self-reflection, you have to find out what makes you feel most recharged and energized and when you need to capitalize on those times because they're different for everybody. But one thing that's important is you have to designate those boundaries of what you need to do to be healthy. Does any of that come from your social work background? Did you learn some of that? I'm sure. Yeah, there's a level of self-care involved when you're really giving of yourself constantly. Yeah, there's a level of self-care that comes from, you know, being in social work that I was able to kind of maybe bring alongside because I see how important it is in my personal life, in my personal experience, that it's a noteworthy discipline to, to really take stock of in the importance of being a good leader. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that I think of what Andy Stanley said on his leadership podcast that leadership's tough. If it's hard, then you're probably doing it right, and if it's not hard, then you may not be pushing the envelope hard enough. And I think that's so true. I think leaders, I think Nally is a great example of this, is just taking the time to recharge so that when you are in those leadership roles, whether it's with your family or with a team or an organization, you're able to give really of yourself. One of the, another thing I noticed that you do really well now, and it's kind of related to what we just talked about, is when you're with your team, you are on. You are energetic. I mean, you are enthusiastic. Tell, can you talk a little bit about that and how you do that? Yeah, well, I feel like you're just building me up to be this fantastic leader. <laughs> well, you're really but, good. No, I, well, you know. I mean, no. you're not perfect, but you know that. But, but there are some things I think that really stand out to me about your leadership that I think other people can learn from, and I know I've learned from them just from observation. Well, I, I certainly have a lot to learn, and I make quite a few mistakes day to day that you're probably glossing over in this interview. (laughs) But like I said earlier, it's really, really important to walk in to what you're doing and know the why behind it and understand what gets you energized. And for me, what I'm doing and the impact that this role has on the future sales leaders that we'll have is really energizing and exciting to me. I am authentically excited to get you know, in front of them nine times out of 10. There are certainly days where, off days where like either you're feeling under the weather or you're just having one of those days where you just feel down because you've had a failure that you choose to have that level of energy. You know, there's certainly days that I, I feel that, but because we operate on principle and not feeling, it is in the best interest of my team to get the very best of me at all times. And so I have to prioritize that. And lucky for me, they make it easy. And I love doing Um, I love meeting with them. I love getting in the weeds with them. But um, yeah, I think that leaders have to bring a level of positive energy because life is hard. Work is hard. And, um, you know, I think people don't stop and take stock that you spend a majority of your life in the office and around the people that you work with. And if you are constantly 
in this state of, I, I don't like my job. This is hard. This is not where I want to be. That is not a way to live. And I think that as leaders, you do have a responsibility to set the tone for the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, you know, you've led a team through kind of steady state, we'll call it, like kind of the normal business environment, but you've also led teams through a lot of changes. Does your leadership, you feel like change when you're going through a period of change? Or do you feel like it's basically the same? I mean, are there things you do differently or? Well, I mean, I have learned so much in the past few years of being in charge of a team that there's never a constant state of anything in my life. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that one thing that I've learned a lot is that to to keep up, you have to make a lot of you have to take a lot of chances, uh-huh. which ultimately leads to successes, but also a lot of failures. And so, leadership is by far the most humbling yeah. thing I've ever been been it's hard, know, blessed to, to <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm constantly confronted with. 15 plus people every day who are mirrors to what I'm doing in my leadership. Mm. And people don't have a problem telling you, hey, you said this, but this is what's happening. Mm. And so those situations are humbling. And and one thing that I've learned is that I'm a person who really likes to appear like I have it all together. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, I I think we all do, yeah. Well, you know, I thrive on, on, you know, okay, Natalie, man, she just looks like she has it all together. (laughs) But really what I've learned is that, A, I definitely don't. (laughs) But B, I've had to say sorry quite a bit and in so many words you have to confront some of your your missteps with your team head-on to preserve the trust and Mm. the respect that you that you want to have between yourself and the team and so that way you're celebrating the highs together you're in it in the lows together but one thing that you have to be transparent in with your team is that you too are on a journey and as they're growing you're growing and as they're making mistakes, you're making mistakes right alongside yeah. them. And you just hope that the mistakes that you make don't impact their long their well being in the long term. Yeah. But no, as long as you have the right perspective and the foundation of where you're coming from, I've just found that everything's gonna work out. Yeah, I think that's so good. Because I think people really at the end of the day want a leader who's not always trying to be right, but is just willing to just be themselves and be honest. Because people can see through that. I mean, you could probably you've probably seen where People maybe have already seen your mistake before you even acknowledge it. Kind of like your kids, right? They're really good at pointing out when you, at least Georgia, our little daughter, is uh, good at pointing out when we don't follow through necessarily. And we just have to own it and say, hey, you know, I, I messed up. And I think people appreciate that because it makes, it, makes, it makes you more real and approachable. But then I think on the other side, it makes it creates a culture of trust and it creates a culture where people know that they can also make mistakes. And it's not going to be the end, potentially, of their career, that they can make those mistakes, they can be creative, they can be bold, they can be vulnerable. And there's a kind of this culture of trust. I think that's, I think that's awesome. So, Bay, one of the things I've observed in you is that it seems like you really focus on people a lot in your leadership. I mean, you really prioritize the relationship, it seems like. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that you're leading people. And you have to understand that as a leader, you aren't responsible for the business. You're responsible for the people in the business. And oftentimes that means that you need to know exactly where each of your team members are at in their personal lives, in their professional growth, how they view the world, what's important to them, what motivates them, because that's how you tap into their unique gifts and skill sets 
to help develop and mentor them and get them where they need to be. And that takes a lot of time. But it also, that's what life is about. I, I mean, I think on a, on a personal level, I think that you have to take the time to get to know your people. And it takes time. It takes time to develop the respect. It takes time to develop trust. And it also takes time to establish that connection where you guys are in a rhythm of leader and teammate and, and just kind of grooving together. And oftentimes we don't have the luxury in a fast-paced corporate environment because things are moving, right? Like we're always moving, we're always flexing, but you can't lose sight of the fact that people are the most important thing that any business has to offer its customers because happy people and happy employees equal happy customers. And when you are taking care of your people, they are happier, they are willing to put in the hard work when it's asked of them, and you build this this brand loyalty amongst your employees first, which can't only which can only resonate outward to the customer base. But at the core of it, it's about caring about others and serving others. And as a leader, you should know the temperature of each and every team member on your team because that's how you're going to know how to best serve them. One of the things that you've mentioned to me before is how sometimes leaders lose. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I, as I was sitting here thinking, this was several years ago, just kind of what I really want to, what kind of leader that I want to be, because I think you have to think about these things <laughs> or else they don't yeah, happen. Absolutely. And, you know, it occurred to me that we as leaders should, should lose. And what I mean by that is we should come in with the mindset as we hire people and invite them into this, this corporate family, so to speak, that they are entrusting us with their career path. And we are investing in them, hoping that they stay with the company. But we need, I always tell people when they, when they join my team, like, I want you to get off my team as quickly as possible. And what I mean by that is I want you to come in. I want you to learn. I want you to grow. I want to hook you up with the right mentors. And then I want you to leave my team and I want you to be successful. And I have the luxury of doing that because one of my team's roles is a foundational role in our company. So there's... It's an entry-level role that we push them into our organization. So it's really, really in the best interest of them as well as the the company to get them up and running. However, when I look at it from a selfish perspective, if I have somebody who's just really a rock star and they're killing it and they're they're bringing in numbers that are through the roof, like as a manager, I want to keep them on my team. Yeah, it makes me nature. look good. Yeah, yeah right? Like it just makes the team look good. But what we end up doing there is we do a disservice to that employee because yeah. we are stalling their potential and we actually run the risk of losing them because they are going to look elsewhere for somebody who's ready to recognize that potential and put them in a higher spot. So as leaders, we should be canvassing our teams and we should be looking to see who needs to move, who needs to be pushed forward. We have leaders in our midst, we have successful performers in our midst, who needs to make a change? You know, I think that is an important role that we play. Yeah, as you're saying that, I think of an interview I heard of Ian Cron, who talks about how leadership is really stewardship. It is stewardship of people, and people bring to work their family life, their ambitions, their strengths and weaknesses, and it seems like you kind of take that approach as well. Exactly, I like that. <laughs> yeah, and servant leadership. It's serving the people. It's not people that are working for you. You guys are kind of a team together, working together towards... A common goal and part of that goal it seems like the approach you take is to help people 
ultimately get to where they want to go, knowing that people come with their own unique ambitions and they bring that to work. I was also thinking, you know, you have a unique perspective of being a mom. Does that impact in any way the, the way you approach your role? Sure. How could it, how could it not? Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, I think one thing that motherhood has taught me is that I need to hyper-focus when I'm, when I'm yeah. during my work day. I want to get my work done and I want to do it well. And I know that any moment or minutes or hours outside of work hours are at the detriment of my family. And so to make sure that I'm balancing and keeping that integrity for what my role requires of me, but also what my family role and the importance that I, that plays in our lives outside of work, that if one of those is out of sync, the total health and well-being of myself is, is in jeopardy if I don't take that into consideration. So I think it's really matured me in a lot of ways to be able to say, hey, this, these things are important. These are my priorities. I don't have time for this. And I, and I set clear boundaries in place going back to the self leadership and the boundaries discussion. Um, it's really important to, to know what matters in life. And um, I think it helps keep a really uh, healthy perspective. One that I don't think I had prior to having, yeah. having our daughter. So babe, final question. If you could go back just a few years, what are some things that you would tell yourself? Some things that you wish you knew? Oh, that's a good one. I think that I would tell myself to ask for more help. Because as leaders, we oftentimes want to keep it together and not really show you know, how much we're struggling in different areas or things we don't know. And we oftentimes don't have the courage to ask for help. And so one thing I've learned is that the more you ask for help, the more everybody benefits. Hmm. Everybody grows and it's to the betterment of the entire organization and team culture and just corporate culture in general. It also positions you as somebody who's who's eager to learn and willing to take instruction and coachability. It keeps you humble because then you realize, man, wow, I'm constantly reminded how much I don't know, how, how much I need to, to improve to become a better leader. And so I would just stay stay open minded and, and humble. And lastly, I would I would say that leadership is a mindset and it governs the way that you interact with everybody in your life. You are a leader of yourself. You are a leader of others. And the way that you approach leadership is how you will approach the people, your team, your family, and ultimately customers that you interact with. And so it's worth the time to sit down and really truly understand your views and, and philosophies on leadership. That's awesome. Well, babe, thank you so much. I know that I kind of dragged you <laughs> on the podcast. I appreciate so much you you sharing your insights with us today. I think some of the big takeaways is I'm just kind of listening to what Natalie said. One, I think leadership is about people. And I know sometimes that's that may sound crazy to even say that because that's should be pretty obvious to us. But I think a lot of times, at least for me, I get so focused on my day to day. I get so focused on the tasks that I have to accomplish. Sometimes you can forget, hey, I got to put people first. People have to be number one. And as to Nally's point, when you focus on your people, everything else flows out of that. Those tasks that need to be accomplished are going to get done. You're going to have more trust. You're going to be able to delegate. You're also going to have happier customers because your people are going to be happy. So I think that's a big takeaway from today. Number two, self-care. Self-care. As a leader, it's really difficult to give of yourself. I mean, we are, in a lot of ways, like social workers. We are giving of ourselves, especially if you view leadership that way. So make sure you're taking the time to recharge, to be at your best, and to lead yourself 
well. Also, Nat point about just being high energy. Now, for some of us, we, not, we may not be like Natalie and have that energy and excitement about our job all the time. And I, and I know that that's just the reality of our situation. I think it's really important as leaders for us to bring energy and to transfer energy to our team. So even if you're having to just tell yourself, hey, I'm going to be energetic. I'm going to be excited about this proposal, about this meeting. You know, sometimes when I get home at the end of the day, I'm tired. It's five o'clock. I'm exhausted. But sometimes I will literally take a moment in my car and say, Cal, these are the most important people you're about to interact with, your family, your wife, and your daughter. So be energetic, be at your best. Imagine if you were going to get up and do a presentation in front of an entire group of people, you would be energetic. That's a big moment and you can force yourself to do that. It's a mindset. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I I live with Natalie every day, um, but I got something out of just hearing her talk about leadership. I hope you did too. Also, thank you so much for all of you that have shared the podcast, those that have subscribed, those that have given reviews, written reviews on iTunes. I sincerely appreciate that. Please continue to give me feedback. I want to continue to make this podcast more valuable to people. Anything you got for me in terms of feedback, good or bad, I would love to hear it. I appreciate your time today. Hey guys, just remember that life is short. We don't know how much time we have, so let's make the most of it by living an intentional life and by leading well so we can make the maximum positive impact we can have. I appreciate your time today. Go make today count.